Indigenous Earth Community Podcast. I'm your co-host, Frank Waver. I am a storyteller and has been published into the Smithsonian National Museum of the American Indian Magazine and have won awards by National Graphic for a short film inspired on water conservation. I'm originally from Paraguay, where I was initiated into the Paitavutira tribe, and for the last decade, I've been leading kayak cleanups of the rivers and lakes of Central Florida, and together with a coalition, we were able to ban styrofoam in the city of Orlando. Recently, I became an Earth Ambassador Mentor, where I met my co-host, Zuneba. She is an advocate for nonviolent social change, indigenous civil rights, and environment protection very passionate about helping Mother Earth. We catch up and talk about her experiences going to the White House to promote indigenous rights. Her experience living inside the Navajo Reservation during the coronavirus pandemic, climate change and how it's affecting all of us, and ways we can give back to the Mother Earth. Hey, Zuneba, how have you been? I'm doing good. How are you, Frank? Good, good. Good to see you. It's been a while since we uh, talked to each other. Yeah, definitely. It's been some some months. Yeah. So welcome to, uh, you know, uh, helping out here in this podcast. And uh, before we start, I was wondering if you have uh, some words of wisdom for us to kind of have a mindful moment. Right. So today is, is March 28th, and I would like to share an elders meditation of the day and this is from the official white bison elders daily meditations so the quote goes sacred sites and areas are protection for all people the four colors for humans and these sites are all in areas of the earth in the four directions and this is a quote from the traditional circle of elders and the lesson from this is the elders say that values come from the Mother Earth. Different places and areas around the Earth have different values. The water people live in harmony and know the values that correspond to that particular part of the Earth. The desert people know the values of the desert and respect and live in harmony with that part of the Earth. The woodland people know the values of their part of the Earth and live in harmony. If you live in harmony with the earth, you will live a life that is full of values. We sh should have great respect for the mother earth. The creator, today, let me learn values from our mother earth. All right, that was beautiful. Thank you for sharing. You're very nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the last time I saw you, we were uh, trying to get some uh, fishing line out of a tree uh on a kayak right yep. <laughs> that was a lot of fun yeah my first time kayaking definitely yeah and uh the place we went to is such a beautiful place and it's such a shame that every time we go there there's so much litter you know and it's something that we've been trying to stop for the last 10 years yeah it was very that was my second time in florida and you know it's really sad anywhere you travel even in your your hometown that there's so much litter and pollution whether that's in a waterway whether that's on the side of the road and you know it's it was i'm glad that 
for the time myself and the other earth ambassadors were there that we could um, help remove what we could, you know, but it's sad that it's always refilling with litter every day. Yeah, yeah, we we're so happy to have uh, all of you too. And uh, so what have you been up to? Uh, I know that you have a new initiative called uh, Inspire. Uh, can you tell me more about that? This challenge we sent across Indian country was to challenge indigenous youth to do something in their community. And there was thousands of youth that participated and those who wanted to or got nominated or selected to were able to go to the White House first ever uh, tribal youth gathering. So this was hosted by President Obama. And this was an amazing experience having thousands of indigenous youth in Washington, D.C. in the summer of 2015. And that's where different ambassadors and all youth got to showcase their initiative. So for me, I started um, You Inspire. So it's spelled U space N-S-P-I-R. And that stands for United Natives Striving for the Protection of Indigenous Rights. So around this time when I was in high school, I was learning about the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous People. And this is something that, you know, I was passionate about learning more about, about Indigenous peoples, not just here in America, but around the world, because I do have, you know, ancestors from different parts of the world. So I wanted to learn, you know, about our, our rights as Indigenous peoples, as the original peoples of different places around the world. And that was part of my project with You Inspire was to pretty much help educate our native people who didn't know we have rights, who didn't know that, um, you know, all the, the problems facing our communities, you know, they weren't our fault. It was all stuff that happened in history and we're just still dealing with the, the effects of after how many, how many centuries. So that's, that's, I've continued to inspire. Um, I help try to break down each article of the UNDRIP document. Uh, we try to just more so now that I've become, um, you know, an earth ambassador with unity, I've used that as my platform to bring about more awareness about indigenizing different environmental movements. So permaculture, the zero waste movement, all of these um, are founded on indigenous environmental teachings, values, and ethics, but most people don't know that. So that's kind of what I've been doing media-wise with You Inspire. Yeah, and I think you bring up so many good points, and one of them is, you know, the permaculture, you know, philosophy and learning. I mean, that's things were practiced for thousands of years before, um, but now it just has a new name and there's a whole industry behind it that kind of doesn't acknowledge where it uh, came from. Uh, I remember one time in Paraguay, we had this gentleman, he was a permaculture expert, that he was uh, on our farm, he was walking around and he saw how um, some of the indigenous people were growing the uh, corn uh, and he was like, you know, I spent like $3,000 to learn the same techniques that people are doing right here, you know? Uh, so it's, it's a whole industry that is 
being done without like acknowledging the people that came up with. So I appreciate you kind of trying to bring that into light. Yeah, exactly. You know, it all goes back to the the teachings of, you know, how indigenous people are connected to their ancestral homelands, you know, and part of that is, you know, acknowledging, you know, that land is a living entity. It's part of mother earth. You know, we have to take care of her. We have to respect her. And so, you know, it's not just about getting, you know, acknowledgement as knowledge holders and knowledge keepers, but it's acknowledging that respect that those ties to the land that indigenous people have. And that's barely, barely happening. Yeah. And you kind of touched a little bit about the issues that indigenous communities are facing. Uh, right now, you know, we are dealing with uh, the coronavirus. You know, how is that affecting your, your own mm-hmm. community? Right now, I'm in New Mexico. As far as school, you know, I'm in my second semester of grad school. And maybe two weeks ago, they have extended our spring break. So they're trying to change all the face-to-face in-person classes to all online. So classes are supposed to resume um, in the ne- on April 6th, I believe. And right now, they're just telling everyone, go home, stay home, shelter in place, and, you know, practice social distancing. So I've been home for over 14 days now on the Navajo reservation. And, you know, we're hearing all across our, our tribe, everything that's happening, um, you know, just learning about, you know, where the hot spots are on our reservation, who's getting infected, who's, who can't access, um, you know, test kits. That's, that's, I think that's one of the main issues, not just for my tribe, but all indigenous peoples, all minority groups is there's not enough test kits going around for poor communities and poor and people of color in general. So that's something that we don't know who is testing positive, who's testing negative, uh, who needs to be quarantined, who needs to, who needs what resources. So right now, um, you know, a lot of our border towns around the reservation, like for me, our border town is Gallup, New Mexico. They're shutting down restaurants. They're shutting down um, as everything as part of, you know, the state of New Mexico. That's what they're doing. And, you know, it's the same story across all our grocery stores. Uh, There's no more toilet paper. There's no more hand sanitizer. There's no more um, foods running low. And so, you know, for our people, especially our elders, um, you know, who don't have transportation, who have to plan to go into our border towns to get their necessities, you know, every few weeks, um, you know, it's taken it's taken a toll for sure on, on that population. But there's also, you know, a lot of our people who already know how to live without running water, who know how to get by if you're living in poverty, who know how to grow their own food. So it's definitely, you know, the effects from coronavirus, you know, it's a whole spectrum of how people are are dealing with it. Um, 
yeah, that's, that's where we're at right now. Just trying to, again, practicing, you know, good hygiene is, is what one of the main things that it comes back to. Yeah. Is one thing that comes to me is that the coronavirus crisis kind of shows a line to the inequality that there is in the United States, in the world. You know, for example, one of them being your health insurance being tied to your job, right? My um, my best friend, he lost his job and he's losing his health insurance, you know? Uh, so it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of doing an upheaval of the whole society that we have. And it's a crisis that, that is here, but climate change is a, is a crisis that is right on the horizon that, you know, uh, many communities are seeing the, the effects, you know. Uh, I know here in Florida we are having mm-hmm. you know, stronger hurricanes, and but I don't feel like we have done the things that are necessary to live with, with, with climate uh, crisis that we have done with the coronavirus. Um, how would you say in your own mm-hmm. community the response that you have seen uh, for the coronavirus that maybe can be applied for the uh, climate crisis. Yeah, that's a that's a tough one yeah, because tough one. <laughs> you know climate climate <laughs> climate change has been going on for a long time. Global warming has been going on for decades, and just because right now it's not um, you know on the front lines, it's not there doing damage right away to humans, it's not seen as a crisis by many people. And that's very unfortunate. And then when it came to the coronavirus, where it's initially just right there, um, you know, damaging the health of human beings, it's a crisis. Everyone's, it's all over the news. People are trying to figure out how to deal with it. You know, and, and it's sad that we don't get the same response for what's going on with our, our environmental climate crisis. We wish it was, like, personally, I wish it was the same, um, you know, because who knows? What if coronavirus is um, what one way that Mother Nature, you know, is is trying to, you know, shift with what's going on with our climate crisis? You know, what if the coronavirus and all these other health issues came from what's going on with our environmental issues. You know, that that could be a possibility. And again, I think it goes back to taking care of our bodies. That shouldn't just mean taking care of, you know, you, just your body by itself. That should be taking care of your surrounding, taking care of your loved ones, taking care of you know, whatever setting you're in, your home, the earth around it, your pets, you know, and I think it, you know, with as far as like all the sanitizing that's going on now with coronavirus, um, you know, that could go back to as far as the environment, uh, you know, same thing, taking, like picking up litter. You don't know what's, what has, what germs are on litter yeah. And it gets dumped into the environment, and then those spread. You know. Yeah, it's it's true. It's you know it, we're like in a big um, 
group or chain of events, you know, that one thing affects the other thing. Um, and you kind of mentioned mm -hmm. you know, a little bit about, you know, the stories that happened in your own community uh, with the, the coronavirus, but is there any, maybe some success stories, things are going good there that maybe other communities can uh, replicate and uh, learn from? Right now, I'm not sure of um, success stories that have been shared um, like publicly or or have been widespread yet. But you know, I think it's some success stories are again taking care of your people, yourself, your pets, your elders. I think I, I've seen people who are wanting to make care packages for their elders or for uh, family members and community members who can't afford to get food, who can't afford to trans travel off the reservation to our border towns to get food and travel back to where they live. So that's been um, one of the common, common stories of positivity is, you know, what you see on media is people fighting over the last of uh, necessities, the last of toilet paper, the last of hand sanitizer, you know, and it, it shouldn't have to come down to that. You know, it should be get only what you need. If you have extra, share it with those who don't. So that's kind of some, some people are doing that here. Um, but I know that's kind of um, going against social distancing. So I think people are trying to make a procedure that's um, how people can safely deliver care packages I also know that the schools K through 12 have been shut down for the rest of this semester or this school year, but I think once a week the bus drivers are delivering breakfast and lunch to their students from those schools. And that's, you know, some kids on reservations depend on food that comes from schools. And now that schools are closed for until the end of the summer, you know, it, it's harder to get um, basic daily meals. And so that's, those are two of the main ones I've heard of. And so I think when people, I think it's a good idea that people are wanting to deliver care packages. Uh, I think they just need to be extra safe, wear gloves, wear a mask, um, you know, sanitize, don't, don't hand deliver it to the person, just set it outside their house, set it outside their door, then they can get it. And so that I think they're they're trying to enforce those procedures more now that people are are wanting to do something. Um, so I think it's just more proactive to again be extra cautious and extra safe. That's excellent. Yeah, those are good points. I was wondering if you want to give us a little bit of a homework uh, for us to do. What are things that maybe we can do around the house uh, since we're a lot of us are quarantined? Uh, to help Mother Earth. Be aware, especially during this COVID time, the waste that you are making. Same thing with water. Um, try to just reduce as much as you can and still still be healthy and cautious and just be more aware of that, that balance. Yeah, for sure. I think those are really good tips. And uh, I want to thank you so much for uh, joining again. And I look forward to be talking to you and our next uh, guest very soon. Thank you. Bye-bye.
you. Bye.